anybody who reads my book, I just hope that they're going to be, it's going to open their eyes and their hearts to the world and to life and to embracing the little things and the bigger things and the good and the bad and, and the, the pain and the joy and all of that. So hi, everybody. My name is Denise Malanakis, and you're listening to the Marielez podcast. I'm here with Alexia Hamal. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to be here. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. So I haven't recorded an episode in a while. I'm considering this season two. Um, you know, it, this, this podcast started as a COVID activity, and I dove really deep into it. And then my life sort of went back to normal. I had to go back to school. And then... <laughs> It's hard to record Montreal-themed things from not in Montreal, but we make it work. Yeah. I noticed that. I noticed you're in New York. Yes, I am in New York. I'm doing school, but my heart is always in Montreal, and I'm always thinking about Montreal. But, like, regardless, like, it's over Zoom. It would have been over Zoom anyway. It doesn't change much. Here, because, um, you know, usually I talk about Montreal and Canadian tragedies. This is not one. I'm veering away from that format because I think it's important when talking about Montreal to, you know, to turn it all over to the people, the Montrealers, if you will, to have a more personal and cultural account. What do you think? I 100% agree. And I'm so happy you thought about this kind of podcast because I always wanted to see more about you know like the cultural side of Montreal and like uh, what people are doing you know so it's cool that you're doing this um, it's cool that I'm part of it and I like I can't wait to see who's going to be next after me so yeah thank you like That's great so idea you're here. I'm so happy you're here so you are here. I invited you because you wrote a book and I'm very honestly this is the most punctual I've ever been I saw <laughs> now what two weeks ago less than two weeks ago yeah yeah, uh, 11 days, I think. 11 days. On the first, yeah. L'entre-deux, le journal intime du Montréalaise. How do you feel? Yeah. I feel, um, I felt overwhelmed. I'm starting to get used to it. It's been very hectic. Uh, you know, like, we're in a pandemic. I've been in school, between school, and searching for an internship, like, most of the year. Or, you know, like, enjoying the summer in my backyard. <laughs> watching Netflix, making TikToks. So, you know, my routine has been very smooth and I've been working on that book, you know, behind the scenes. And now that it's out, it's like I'm busy every single day. I wake up really early. I sleep really late. I'm always like writing press releases, answering comments, making content on Instagram, uh, for Facebook, uh, like so many different things at the same time. And I'm still, you know, looking for an internship for my master's and I'm still working on other projects that I'm not discussing yet uh, publicly but it's just crazy it's crazy honestly to be this busy uh, from home in a pandemic <laughs> but it's weird to say that because I didn't do this as a job I did this for fun because I've always wanted to do this like I write for fun you know like I I've never been like I've never been um, paid on my blog personally uh, to write and uh, this is crazy that I'm actually going to receive a paycheck eventually <laughs> for a book that I published. From scratch. It's all you. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Had, it's also much thicker and denser than I thought it was going to be. I didn't know once I got my packet. I was like, oh, God, okay. <laughs> like, Same. 
for me, 300 pages is pretty average. Like I read a lot of books and I didn't think, I didn't realize how, you know, how, how, how many pages that actually is, what it means. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's more than the average and it's all, it's all my words. And it's, <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy that I've been able to write this book. Like when it's I think about cover. it, it's all soft cover. So it's all content. So for those who don't know you, tell us um, who you are, the whole blog situation and your whole background. Oof, okay. Um, I'm Alexia. <laughs> La Montréalaise. Uh, when I was when in 2015, uh, I was in business school and uh, I knew I wasn't going to like it. So I decided to start a blog where I would write. Um, because somebody very important to me in my life uh, passed away. And before she did, she encouraged me, you know, to write and share my words with the world. Um, I always loved writing, um, didn't share much of it, you know. Sometimes I would share a few thoughts on Facebook and people would like it. Sometimes I would write things um, in English class or for French class and stuff. And my teachers would really like it and be like, oh, you have such a nice uh, style when you write, uh, you should, you know, like you should pursue this and, and whatnot. Um, but you know, like vulnerability is a big part of it. And I didn't feel comfortable sharing my words. Um, but then, you know, like with the years, uh, seeing that how people would react to my text, um, made me really comfortable. So as the years went by, I started sharing more texts. I would go deeper into my thoughts. Um, it's really like it's a book about my entire journey uh, from 2015 to 2020, uh, where I lived in Nice uh, for a few months. I've traveled to countless different places, uh, whether it's in Africa or um, Europe or the Caribbean or Canada, anything. So it's really it's like my travel journey, but not really my travel journey. It's more like the thoughts that I had during the travel journey. And you started your blog in 2015. How committed were you to the, how often did you write? What was your schedule? How did you see it? So I'm a very organized person, but not when it comes to these things. <laughs> I'm a very go of the flow type of person when it comes to like art and creativity. Um, I try to be uh, consistent. I, I try to like, you know, publish a text every month. Uh, then sometimes I would write a lot in a month and I would be like, okay, I can probably publish a text every week, every two weeks. But then, you know, things would happen in my life and I wouldn't write for a month or I wouldn't publish for two. And so, I mean, I didn't have any plan. I didn't have any structure. Uh, I didn't have any intentions. I really started my blog and I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. Um, if it takes me anywhere, cool. If it doesn't, cool. Uh, and it did. Um, I don't talk that much about it in my, my book, but it got me uh, a gig as a blogger for a little, uh, like a startup back then in Montreal, uh, actually Laval, uh, called uh, Cotard Expert. I got also, I was invited uh, to a radio show uh, in Montreal and they liked me. So they, they took me for the whole summer where I had my own, um, in French we say clinique. Uh, on the radio that was about Montreal and its diversity and, and stuff. I was published in a, you know, a, a few different, um, like Journal Metro, Lorient Le Jour, uh, Huffington Post Quebec. I got a gig also as a writer for Protégez-vous. You know, a bunch of different opportunities came from that blog and I, 
I wasn't expecting that. Like, I, I never thought that I would become a blogger one day. It wasn't a thing back then, you know? Like, we were born the year, I was born the year the internet was born. <laughs> so I definitely didn't grow up thinking I was going to become a blogger. Um, and here we are, you know? A book, which is, like, my dream. And it happened because of my blog. So, yeah. And how long has this physical book been in fruition? Uh, really not that long. That's okay. I keep, yeah, I keep, I keep getting that question and I'm like afraid to disappoint people. I feel like people think <laughs> I've been working on that book for like years. Uh, technically, yes, the content, you know, I've been writing since 2015. So yes, definitely the content took me time, but I only started working on that book, um, you know, like concretely, um, I want to say September when I, when I started my semester. Um, I had one class. I had a lot of time on my hands. And, you know, like, you kind of want to take a break from job hunting. So I was like, hey, like, what if I just, like, put all my text in one Word document? Like, how many pages would that make, you know? And at first I was like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll do, like, you know, like, um, a care the text, uh, you know, with, like, themes. And then I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense. And I started reading all my texts, you know, uh, one after the other and I was like oh my god it's like I'm reading my diary like I remember everything I was going through when I was writing each text but nobody really knows what I was going through what was going through my head why I was writing these, uh, these texts so I was like it was kind of cool to share that with people I know a lot of people ha had like an interest in that so I was like you know what I'll do it your book is also mostly bilingual in French and English yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I always wanted to write a book and I remember my biggest, um, you know, question was, am I going to write one in French or in English, mm -hmm. you know? And even my blog at the beginning, it was in English. It was only in English. And it, I, I changed programs from business to political science and communication. And, you know, when you study, study politics, you kind of get like, you know, in, in the juice and, and you want to talk about it and you have like so many emotions and stuff. And since I was studying in French, it was natural to me to write about my thoughts on politics in French. So I started writing, you know, not political texts, but like texts that touch people, but are on a political subject. And then when I started writing in French and I saw how popular they were and how people, you know, like were receiving them very well, I was like, you know what, I kind of, I didn't think I was, I was good at writing in French, but I, I guess people like how I write in French, so I'll continue writing in French. And I did. And I think it was the best choice I've ever made. And when I wrote this book, I was like, you know what, I'm going to keep it in French, I'm going to make the beginning of each text in French. And then I'll keep the text in English. But then I was as I was writing the diary parts, my thoughts would still go from French to English. And I was like, this is just who I am. And this book is literally about la Montréalaise, une Montréalaise comme les autres. Obviously, it's going to be in French and in English. Like they're, they're, I can't choose. I can't, I can't stay in one language. It's just my nature and it's the nature of many other Montrealers. So I think it's pretty cool. Like I would, I would love to read another book that's bilingual. I think it's fun to read something that really reflects who you are and how you speak and think. So. It is, it is very cool. And you're right. It is very indicative of our, of our city and our province. And um, it's very accessible as well. Cause when yeah. you're, you know, 
you're not isolating any portion that's more comfortable in one language or the other. Yeah, I, I've never personally seen a book like that. So I do, I find yeah. that very cool. And within the same sentence, there's French and there's English. It's not yeah. that paragraph. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Franglish, Franglish. like it's, it's a language in its own. It's Montreal's language. And not only like French, you have like slang in here as well. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's not even like the most authentic form of the language. It's the, it's <sighs> realistic and, uh, and accessible. Is there a part of the book that you're particularly proud of or especially touching to you or more sensitive? The entire book, honestly, it's a diary. So every text that I've written really came from the heart. Um, but there's one text that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm proud of because I, I think it's such an original text and, uh, I can't believe I was even able to make it. It's, um, it's my, uh, homage to Charles Navour, who is one of my favorite artists. And the day he passed away, I was so hurt and so, uh, sad that he left us and uh, I really wanted to write about it and I didn't know what to do. And I was like, his songs are such beautiful words and beautiful, a beautiful way of seeing the world and experiencing life. And uh, I just, I literally wrote a text that's entirely made up of uh, titles of his songs and lyrics of his songs. So anybody who loves Charles Navour and is a fan of his, when they read that text, they understand that there's a lot of work that went behind writing that text. Uh, you know, I had to like make sure that I was getting the right lyrics, the right title, uh, but I made sure that I incorporated every single one that I, I really loved the most. And yeah, I'm proud of that text. I feel like artistic standpoint, I think it was, uh, it was one of my best, uh, one of my best work. Yeah. And you said early on in the book that, you, you know, you've since changed your mind, but initially you thought that Montreal was a place where culture didn't exist. And I think yeah. it, it took you going to other places and then returning to Montreal. For, why did you initially think that? And why don't you anymore? Oh, it's so funny that you noticed that. Because um, right now, like I'm studying uh public policy and my main interest my main focus is culture especially the culture in montreal and quebec and canada and i have so much admiration for it and i think it has like all the potential in the world but as a kid um you know i was born and raised in montreal but i have three different nationalities uh none of them are my origins my parents are from different countries my grandparents are from different countries um so I always felt that like there was always a lot of culture there, you know, like uh, from my uh, my my parents' countries, and then I I would be in Montreal and be like, where's the culture here? There's no culture here, you know. And as a kid, I, I would grow up, and I would spend all my summers abroad, um, and then I would come back and I would be like, why don't we learn about history here? It's always the same thing. Uh, where are all the museums that are related to history? Where are the monuments? Uh, I love history. I love these things. So I always felt very disconnected here. And as I grew older, I, I felt very attached to Montreal. And I started noticing how we are creating our culture by bringing all our different cultures together. And that's so beautiful. And whenever I travel abroad, I meet people from all over the world. And it's always funny how um, they have like one culture you know like let's say you're italian you're born in italy you're raised in italy all your friends are italian 
all their families are Italian. Like the amount of uh, foreigners that you know are very slim or very little. However, here I have friends from all over the world, you know, like most of my closest friends are Romanian. And when I go back to Egypt and my, fr my, my friends and my family there know that I have Romanian friends or like, that's so random. Like, how do you know Romanians? How do you know about that culture? And that's the beauty about Montreal. And that's the culture. That's Montreal's culture. When I think back to when I was a kid, I have like a face palm. I'm like, girl, you do not understand. You do not appreciate. But at the same time, um, you know, as we grow, society grows with us too. And maybe what we see today in Montreal wasn't as um, flagrant back in the days, you know. Um, and, I, and I think that when we're going to have kids, they're going to grow in a, in a society where there is a really powerful culture. Um, that's the Montreal culture. I no, think, wait, the, the, yeah, no, absolutely. It is the Montreal culture, but I, I think we were, and I, I'm in the same boat as you and I agree. I think we were, Europe is so old. Asia is so old. They're so ancient and their history is chronicled and written down. And like you said, there are monuments and there are statues and there are museum. And I think anywhere related, comparing Canada or Montreal to any of those ancient places um it's like where is the history and therefore yeah. where is the culture but that's that's not the case we we have we have the history it's, it just looks different and it's also not preserved as well and if you think about like the colonization and like the, the exactly. destroying of ancient yeah. countries there's no monument because if there was we would have destroyed it so I think yeah. I see exactly what you mean and in, in your sense, and I completely agree, it's the more you travel that you come back and it's like the appreciation. It took other to appreciate what you have here. hundred percent. And also I remember um, in high school, in elementary school, you know, we'd always learn about the same part of history continuously, yeah. which was uh, the natives. And you know, like you kind of get bored of it. They and when I don't teach it well, it's it's yeah, they, don't, they really don't, they really don't do it a good job, it and well. that's the problem. Eurocentric version that makes me so upset. <laughs> yeah, me too, me too. And as I grew older, and I would leave Canada, I would come back, and I'll be like, I I want to know more about the history here because there is a history we just don't talk about it, and it's a shame that we take all these classes for so long, and don't really learn properly the history because there is a history there is a culture just because it's not the culture that we see every day doesn't mean it isn't there and doesn't mean it isn't part of the culture of our society uh, it should have a bigger space in, in our society and it doesn't and that's shameful honestly and that's so. what we're doing here in the Mariela's podcast yeah, we're good. Some wrongs we're talking exclusively about history except for this episode and <laughs> And, and that's what we're doing. We had an indigenous episode where we talked about um, residential schools and a big part of that was education and what we were taught in education versus what indigenous people were taught in, in their residential schools. And it's awful and it's, like you said, shameful. And, um, but even beyond indigenous people, we have modern history, contemporary history, yeah. which are the waves of migration yeah. and the uh, cultural mosaic that's made in the city. Yeah. So if any, if anything, Montreal, Quebec, and Canada are very rich in terms of culture. Yeah. Maybe even richer than other countries that we always idolize. Um, I reached out to you on Instagram when I saw the title of your book and I thought it was fitting. And then I read your book and um, 
I think it's funny because although we've never met before and we're not friends and we're, you know, we don't know each other, I know that you're in, yeah, we're in the same city. And I'm sure if, if you told me where you lived, it was close. It's closer than we think. <laughs> I know about your insecurities. I know about your coming of age stories. I know about your grandparents, your family, an awful car crash that you went through that, that changed, that traumatized you. I know about your first love. I know about the long distance struggles with your current boyfriend. I know, oh God, no. <laughs> Not current boyfriend. <laughs> but I guess because they're dated and um, the date is at the corner, it, you're reading it in current time and you're, I hope you're, we could talk about this. Yeah, that's, that's, definitely. That's how life works. I was reading those words and you were like, I feel like this is right. This is my person. And it, that's, that's how it is. That's so intimate for you to share with, forget about a stranger that lives in your city that just bought your book, but anybody on Amazon who can read your diary. <laughs> including, including all the guys that I've dated. They could technically buy the book and read themselves in it, you know? Okay, so then I have a question. Can I ask you something? Go ahead. Go uh, ahead. What page was it? I wrote it down. Because um, <laughs> no, I was like, what the fuck is this? On page 303, I needed to ask you who this was about. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, the top blurb from August 2020. Was this a recent breakup? Or is this me? Yeah. <laughs> I'm scratching out a fresh wound. <laughs> no, no, no. So I, let me just give you context. Because, because you don't know me, you don't, you don't know the context behind it. So my first um, serious relationship was public you know my friends and my family knew about them um, about him I was I would post about it on social media and everything but then after our breakup every other guy that I've dated wasn't a secret it would just wasn't public so um, unless you would see me in person and ask me if I was dating someone I wouldn't talk about it so I feel like a lot of people are finding out that oh no she hasn't been single for the past like three years you know <laughs> she's actually been dating people <laughs> and yeah it's it's funny it's really funny and I think uh, my parents reading this book is going to be interesting because um, there's a lot of things that they, they didn't know um, and actually my dad is reading my book and he found out a few days ago that I had my first kiss at 14 <laughs> and he came home and he was like what is this what did I read that you didn't say? And I was like, <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> you wrote like, sorry, mom. I think that's yeah. the point, which I thought was funny. So who is, who is this about? You're saying, oh, um, God. I don't um, know if he'll read this, but if it does, I hope it speaks to him. Yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say his name. Right. Um, right. I, I don't think he's gonna ever hear this, but it's a guy that I was seeing this summer. Um, it was going well until, uh, until it wasn't. And actually, it's uh, kind of in a, com- a conversation that I had with him that pushed me to write a book. <laughs> That's so he's, he, Yeah, yeah. He's the kind of person, like, first of all, we're, like, really not good fits for each other. Um, and I mean that in a nice way, you know. It doesn't make him a bad person, just not the right person for me. But when you, when you see him and when you know about him, he doesn't strike you as a person who would write a book. And on our first date, he told me that he wrote a book in his life. And he just never published it. And I was like, what? This guy who, you know, doesn't even look like he reads, wrote a book. <laughs> he can read? And I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's and, literate? And, 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 <laughs> and 
And me, who literally only wishes that she could write and publish a book, I still haven't done that, you know? And while we were talking, I was like, I want to write a book. And he's like, do it. I'm like, it's not that easy. And he's like, okay, you work out at the gym, like, almost every day, right? That was before the lockdown. And I was like, yeah, I, I do. And he's like, okay, well, do your friends think it's crazy that you're able to, like, work out almost every day of the week and I'm like yeah they always go like what the hell you know like how do you do this and I'm like okay and then he's like okay but like what do you tell them I'm like I just do it like I just go to the gym he's like then just write a book (laughs) and I was like that's such a nonchalant thing to say but you're kind of right and like during our relationship I didn't think much of it and then after I like I had so much you know bad energy if you want and I don't like to have bad energy. So I was like, I'm going to do something of all this, you know, thing going on. And I'm going to make something out of it. And I did. Um, I don't know if you read until the end of the book. But uh, at the end, I, I say something. I say that I'm working on something. And that breakup led me to work on that thing. And then that thing led me to work on this book. There was a lot of subtext. And I was like, there is there is a lot of subtext and um i hope that the people who are in it uh are gonna know that they're in it you know i think there's enough there i i recognize different characters and um without even their names but you did shout out um your aunt your your grandparents your both your parents one of your best friends that you met uh in spain and in nice in france right and then you you even like had like a a soliloquy about how much you hate cancer and you had little soliloquies within the story that were that were refreshing my notes were that it was hopeful overall hopeful light and positive I love that. I feel like if people had to describe me, they would say that. I'm very hopeful and I'm a very positive person. I don't know about light, (laughs) but uh, definitely hopeful and hopeless. Hopeless romantic. Like, I don't know if you can see that. Oh my God. (laughs) Your future husband. (laughs) I'm the most, the biggest hopeless romantic ever. And you had like my children. I can't wait to meet my children. It was it was, it was very cute. I found those, those parts cute. Um, you also had like a little chapter where you where you spoke about your faith. I wanted to ask you about that. You often said yeah. you, you felt you had signs from God. What do those feel like? Um, funny story actually related to that last guy I dated. Um, I I believe in God a lot. I, I believe in 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 his power and in the fact that everything happens for a reason and in it's due time, you know, and, and I feel like a, lo- a lot of us, we ask God for specific things, even though these things are not meant for us. And uh, the day that we broke up, I was, I had a, like a sense that things were not going well, you know, they were kind of off, even though they, they technically worked. And I was in bed and I was praying to God, which, I do often, but not out loud. And I, I was praying out loud and I, and I asked God, I was like, God, please, you know, um, give him the strength to be the man that I know that he can be and that I deserve. And then when I prayed for that, I was like, wait, you know what? Never mind. God, <laughs> God, please do what's best for me, you know, 
um, and whatever happens, I'll, I'll deal with it. An hour and a half later, we were done. So that's Literally. a sign. You would take, you would take that as a sign. Yeah, I do. I do. And I, and I, and I really, really think that there's nothing in life that can happen that, um, isn't for the best even though it's really hard to know and to understand and to see the positive in something the light in something I'm there is always a light there you just have to open your eyes open your heart and be able to see it and yeah like I'm I I really believe that honestly and I know for some people it's hard to understand and to grasp that faith not everybody has it not everybody has the um, um not everybody grew up around that kind of uh, energy. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that this is how uh, I live my life because it brings me a lot of uh, good. Yeah. That's interesting. Okay. So uh, I've also jotted down points that we had in common. Since, like I said, you, I know you from reading your personal diary from the last five years and um, it's a one-way and like a one-way microscope. I get to look at you, but you don't know anything about me because, like I mentioned, we haven't met before. So we've both traveled extensively. We've both been on um, like exchanges that I find that I would describe as being like character building and like Definitely. essential in in my makeup and yours as well. It really defined you. Um, we're both pursuing higher educations. And we're both, I wrote like creators. So, you know, you wrote your book, you're creating blog posts. Yeah. I, I create random shit, but we're both, yeah. <laughs> both, both creating and putting work out there. So those are the similar, and we're both from Montreal and we're both yeah. have a lineage elsewhere. And it's been like a pilgrimage and a coming yeah. from different parts, different parts of the world. So those are our similarities. It's, it's, it's really interesting because um, when I released the book, I was really um, adamant on the fact that it's not meant to be an autobiography. You know, it's really meant to be relatable. You know, I, I want people to read it and feel like it's their own thoughts. Um, and that's why I'm specific without being specific. I'll never give names. I'll never give very explicit details but just enough for someone to be like, oh my God, this is so relatable, you know? And for me, this book is like, uh, it's two ways. Like I'm opening up myself to the world and sharing all these um, stories, but in return, I'm getting all the feedback and I'm getting people messaging me how they relate to this part and how they relate to that part. And then I get to know people differently, you know, just as much as people who already know me or people who don't know me yet, get to know a side of me I get to get I get to know a side of them too so what has the feedback been not necessarily on this book but as you've chronicled um on your blog different like different days different months different episodic <clears throat> blog posts what have has there been anything that's had possibly repercussions or anything that has led to confrontation on any of it no I think I think my 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 journey has already only brought positives into my life. Um, I did notice a change uh, since I started writing and posting on my blog. Um, it was funny because at the beginning, uh, the only people who were reading me were my, you know, close circle on social media. 
and you know on facebook you 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 have people on facebook that you don't necessarily know very well but they went to your high school they went to your stage they go to university with you whatnot and through the years i got closer to people because of my blog you know because they would read my blog they would enjoy my blog and they would see themselves through my words and they would talk about it to me and then we would you know build a, a connection that way um which is not something i ever expected so it was really nice to get that kind of feedback you know to see that people liked what they read enough to want to get to know me more confrontations i wouldn't say it like that i would definitely say that there was you know a few things that happened throughout the years uh before my blog during my blog um that i would write about uh without being very explicit and some people would read them and it would you know resonate in their head and with the years it would lead to a conversation that would hash a lot of things out um and if it wasn't for these conversations i don't think i would have been comfortable publishing a book like that any conversations or any topics in particular that that let's say triggered or a lot of feedback let's say was it was it a chapter on mourning or death or do you, was there any in particular that you can um people relate a lot to my texts about death um i think it's a it's a subject that it's hard to talk about um especially cancer you know when when somebody dies uh, of sickness um and such so i would get a lot of you know like people messaging me telling me how their word my words really helped them in their morning uh for someone's passing also my texts about heartbreak were very popular uh i remember like people would you know just open up to me about their breakup and we would mutually you know lift each other up and uh my texts about you know self confidence finding yourself and things like that were also very uh popular ones because i've always gotten the feedback uh from people that they think i'm a very confident person and it's such an honor you know to be um the example that for people to to be self confident because it was such a struggle for me throughout the years to be self confident so to have people look up to me for that insane you know because as i write my own blog posts like yeah it's um it's like relatable for people and it helps people and comforts them but it also helps me you know it helps me deal with my problems with my issues with my thoughts with my emotions so yeah like if i write about a heartbreak doesn't mean that i'm already over it and if i write about um finding yourself doesn't mean i already found myself it just means that i'm on that journey i can imagine it's it's a cathartic experience yeah. i can imagine that's, that. that's the right word cathartic um i find it also interesting how you know you you say you're anti social media a little bit and you try and limit yourself and you deactivate yeah. reactivate your account and i see that much of i what i believe you resent about social media and what the problem is about social media now is you find it portrays it, it obviously portrays an imperfect no a very perfect unrealistic um you know a depiction of life and people are curating the way they look and what they're posting and so i guess you can say that a blog is sort of like the antithesis of Instagram because if you think of Instagram yeah. being completely photo driven you're you're looking it's purely a visual medium uh, it's short posts uh, you know you look at a post for 5 seconds or less that's i'm sure generous a blog has to be 
in its essence, the exact opposite. It's text, yeah. it's long form, it is, um, it's also visual, but not for the same reasons, right? Yeah. Um, so, I, wow, I, I just thought of that now, and I'm like, they're literally opposite. So I, I get that, I get that. At first I was like, hmm, you know, for someone who wants to, who wants to be private, she's sharing a lot, but yeah. I definitely see that. I see the difference. I see the difference. I, I would definitely say that I'm like an oxymoron. Um, like as much as I love sharing, I really enjoy my privacy. And I just think sometimes it's funny how people take for granted that they know you because they follow you on social media, you know? I think I started sharing more personal things on my uh, private Instagram during the pandemic. Um, and I was very selective of uh, who was following me, who I was following, you know, because not everybody that you know needs to have access to all these like all that information. Uh, but I like to share and I think, I think it's important to share, you know? to share, to create connections. You, you can't create a connection with someone that's meaningful if you don't open up. And I think that's important. But when I say sharing, it doesn't mean that it has to be perfect. And I, and I think for a long time, um, you know, you, you think about your feed, what it's gonna look like, are your pictures perfect? Do you look pretty? Uh, I really don't like that side of uh, social media. I don't like the side of social media when people, they see that you travel, so they think, oh, her life must be perfect. No, you know, there's a lot that goes, that happens that you don't know about because people only share the good stuff on social media. People only share the good pictures, the good moments. And um, this year I decided that I was going to be vulnerable uh, no matter what. If it meant that I'm crying of happiness and I look terrible, I'll post it, you know, uh, an ugly picture, I'll post it, sentimental, I'll post it. Um, I wouldn't have found you if it weren't for social media. There's yeah. definitely, there's so much beauty, so much opportunity, uh, some, so much positivity on social media. You, but like I said, you have to use it properly and select um, whose content you, you look at and who you share yours with. It's happened to me. It actually happened today. I love um, having like, just like train of thought, um, like discussions on my Instagram story. I'm like, hey, and I just like, I say a weird dream and it happens all the time where I posted to public instead of close friends and I like, deal with that repercussions or if I, I like delete like minutes after I posted, there are people who are like between the videos, like they get the yeah. they're like, but what happened in the story? I'm like, oh, it wasn't for you. That's like, pretend you never heard anything. So this book is jam filled with advice and sayings and um, quotations. If you, if we had to end this episode on one uh, piece of advice, a quotation, if you want, you could read an excerpt directly from the book. Um, there's actually a sentence that someone posted on their Instagram yesterday that I was so happy they noticed because when I wrote it, I was like, oh, like I want someone to really interiorize what I'm right at what I just wrote let me just find it um the sentence was uh I hope that through my words people find something they didn't even know they were looking for like the urgent desire to feel alive and uh to me I think it's like the core of my book uh, I think my book has two purposes I think the first purpose is to make you love life you know make you want to feel alive and to really 
live your experience to the full your experiences to the fullest um that's like my mantra like I, this is how i live most of the things that happen in my life uh at least i try to most of the time and the second thing is vulnerability you know like it's a it's a strength that you have to um hold on to and carry with you and you know share with the world and um yeah like if if I make someone, you know, shed a tear or smile or laugh when they're reading my book, my job is done, you know? Where can people find your book? Amazon. <laughs> just Amazon. You just type my, you can just type my name on Amazon and you can find my book easily. Um, but yeah, the title is L'Entre Deux, Le Journal Intime de Montréalaise. Thank yeah. you so much for being here. I've had so Thank much fun. You. Thank you for having me. It's so nice to like, talk to someone who understands my love for Montreal, you know, because at the end of the day, the title of your podcast is the same title of, as my blog, you know, La Morales. So it just shows that we, we have like a passion for the same thing. Call me in the afternoon, even by one, by one. Call me in the afternoon, even by one.